You're listening to Two Tape Decks and a Mixing Board, a podcast about life through the lens of music. Welcome to the show. I'm J Mac, live in my COVID free bunker in St. Louis, Missouri. And this is Sam Wade, all the way out in Los Angeles, California. Are you COVID free? We are COVID free out here, man. Yep. Stuff's getting hairy out there, man. The, the, the Midwest, I think we're just in a little bit of state of denial still after all this time, but stuff is getting serious on the West Coast. Well, I'll tell you where it's, it is, where it's alarming to me, where at this point in time, you know, another time capsule episode that we're talking about this because we're not really a commentary show, but it'll be interesting always we say to go back in time and, and see what was going on in the world and just kind of peeking in when we're talking. And uh, before I lived in California, I lived in uh, Colorado for about three years, um, just right there in, in Denver. Um, and uh, it seemed like it was a pretty safe place to be. Right. So there's 15 million people in LA County. There's 5 Whoa. million people in the state of Colorado. Whoa. Right. So, but what's alarming is right now they're going towards more extreme measures of lockdown. And I think it's like one in every 41 person has COVID right now in the state. If you would like to get in contact with us to tape decks at gmail.com is our email address. Our, we have a Facebook like the page, like the show. You can leave us a review on iTunes. I, I think I submitted it to iTunes. We'll see. It should. It's kind of a rubber stamp process. It should be up rather shortly. By by the time this episode airs, it will be on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. It'll be everywhere. So we're going to have kind of a flashback episode. We've talked about our album, our EP, Tomorrow Never Knows, number one, quite a bit, the different tracks on that. But I was thinking, how can I tie music into something non-musical. And I thought, let's talk about our first cars. Because if there was any place in the world that music reigned supreme, it was on the tape deck of my first car, which I'll just drop it. It was a 1984 gold Grand Marquis, an old man car. And when I bought it, my dad was like, what are you doing? Why don't you get a Mustang or something Something like a teenager. I was like, I like this big car, Dad. It was it was gold. You remember it. It was like a total pimp old man. It was like an old pimp car, wasn't it? It totally was, man. Like, I got to be honest. I didn't understand it either, but I was like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I believe then I still do. Like, you know, you could just if, if something is cool and you own it, you make it cool, whether it's cool or not. Well, I did. Right? Ha- I did have the zebra seat covers. Do you remember that? I do now. The, that the, definitely makes it cool. The fuzzy <laughs> dice, the fuzzy dice hanging from the rearview mirror, which I don't gamble at all. I don't know why I had the dice in, but it looked, it looked, made it look like a pimp ride. I think. Yeah, that's because that's what you do. It was iconic. So wait a second. When, when about time did you get this? Like, at what age did you get this car? Because I can't recall for sure. I was seventeen, and I was working at a place called Frank's Nursery and Crafts, which no longer exists. It was on Hulse Ferry, like a North County, kind of like toward the sketchy part of North St. Louis, North St. Louis County. I worked this at is Frank's deep St. Louis County history right here. Yeah, and I worked at Frank's Nursery and Crafts, and I was making, I think I started making four twenty-five an hour. I topped out after two years at five dollars and fifteen cents an hour. Woohoo! <laughs> and on that salary, I was able to save up thirty-five hundred dollars in cash to go put down and just buy my first car outright. 
Dude, where did you find the discipline to to save thirty five hundred bucks? I was scared to go out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> you were what? I was scared to go out of the house. Oh. <laughs> no, but here's the thing, dude. And just to give some background, we grew up. I don't know about you, but I considered us to be lower middle class, borderline poverty. There was a, there was a time where my dad didn't have a job. There was not a lot of money, so I had this kind of money hoarding attitude, which I kind of still have to this day. I've, I'm always kind of insulating myself with walls of money. <laughs> <laughs> my big my big time salary at five fifteen an hour to, to after two years. So I, I wanted a car really bad, and sure I could have bought guitars or skateboards or any kind of cool stuff, but I really wanted a, I really wanted a car because I wanted my independence. And that says it all right there, man. And That's pretty cool. We went out to the car lot. It was called Northtown Motors. I think it's still over there in Ferguson. For those of you out of the country, Ferguson was where the riots happened a few years ago. So that's kind of where we're pretty close to where we grew up. I, I lived in Ferguson when, you know, yeah. There was there was a like a 1984 Cadillac Fleetwood Broham. <laughs> that I abs- that's another big boat that I absolutely love. My dad said, Don't, 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 don't bite Cadillac, piece of junk. Got all kinds of electrical problems. You must be an old soul, man. I, I've, I've been told that. <laughs> so, so so he's like, look at this Escort. Look at this uh, Look at this Chevy, uh, what was the one? Uh, Cavalier. I was like, nope, nope, nope. I saw yeah, this giant, giant boat. Now, you remember this car, dude. It was freaking huge. Yeah, and my was. And my dad goes, <laughs> what? I go, yeah, dad, let's test drive that one. I said, is it a good car? He goes, well, yeah, but that's, that's beside the point. I was like, I'm going to ride it. I want to ride in it. I loved it. And to this day, I i mean, he still does not understand my love of those cars. I've got a 1981 Lincoln Continental in my in my garage. I love big old cars. So do you remember me? Didn't I drive over to your house with it? I seem to remember some. I kind of showed it off like, look what I got. Look, I'm cool now. I'm so cool. I got a grand marquee. Well, I mean, so first of all, I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. Like you were buying more than a car, right? You were buying your independence. Yes. We should talk about that more later. Yes. But I just wanted to point that out. So, and it's like, then you bought like this gold, like kingly vehicle. Yes. You know, I'm so insulated, right? Like I remember getting into that car for the first time and I was like, this thing is huge. (laughs) Like. I was like, you know, we could probably, you know, fit like five people in a seat, you know? And this was back in 94, 95, when there was a lot of big cars. There, SUVs really hadn't taken over like they do now. No, and that's it, true. There um, there was like the Jeep Cherokees and maybe like, you know, the, some the Ford some Explorer. More, yeah, stuff like that. But there was nothing like there is now. Remember Jurassic Park 1993 was when the, the Explorer was in that movie and they really blew up after that movie. Do you remember that? That's right. I forgot about that. You know, otherwise you would have been driving a scout or something like that or an old Bronco. Yeah. So so basically, basically, I felt kingly in this giant car. And my dad thought I looked like like a like a young old man driving around. But I thought I was king, king turd of poop mountain, if you know what I'm saying. Dude, like, see, think about it. How it looks like for your skater friends. They oh, see yeah. like this car drive up. That they think <laughs> it's gonna be some dude kicking him out of the of the the parking lot, and you pop out of it with your skateboard. Like, what's up, dudes? Let's skate. What with 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 my <laughs> with my long hair and my beard, looking like like a teenage Charles Manson, <laughs> without the, without the crazy eyes. It was really 
really telling as to what my personality was. I here's here's my 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 theory on it. It okay. was big, so I could transport musical equipment. Sure. It was dependable, which meant I would never get stuck anywhere. Okay. And it was ridiculous to look at. <laughs> Dude, we we were both and still are uh, absurdists. Well, right? I, I mean, like, they like defying expectations. That's totally you doing that. That's kind of punk. You I know? think I think that was my reverse punk ideology. Like I'm going to get a giant old man luxury sedan as my first car, and I washed that thing. It had white walls, and let me tell you, the final thing I did on it before I ended up getting rid of it, um, because I finally did have to get rid of it because my wife was like. It's an embarrassment in the driveway. It had rust spots all over it. I got, you know, you know, like they used to have hubcaps that pop on. Yeah. And now they're more like bolt on things like bolt on rims or like covers. Well, I got some Lincoln town car, uh, bolt on hubcaps to replace my, my hubcaps that kept falling off every time I hit a pothole. And I thought this is it. I've arrived. I've got Lincoln town, Lincoln town car, bolt-on hubcaps on a 1984 Grand Marquis. It was such a mismatch. I don't know what was going through my head. Uh, I dare I dare you to top your first car story. You're going you're gonna to need two first car stories to top that one because it was pretty pimping. And then then we'll get into like some of the cruising that we did. But I, mean, I don't want to take, I don't want to hog the whole show. So now you go to your first car because yours was not quite as glamorous as mine was. <laughs> I don't know if glamorous is the right <laughs> word. Well, where where you were buying your freedom, I was too, but I was also, um, I wanted something practical and I wanted something like, but what I mean by, by practical is I didn't want to spend a lot of money. I was being very like frugal about getting my first car. And our family friend had this car that he had kind of like, just kind of babied along for a long time, you know, like just kept it running. And it was a 1985 Ford Escort hatchback. Wow! It was well, so it was baby blue. It was one. It was one year younger than my car. Yeah, it was baby blue, and it was a manual transition. That was the only thing that made that car cool was the fact that it was a hatchback and it was a manual transmission. So you had a stick shift. Yeah. So that was my first car. I I just went right for driving a stick shift, which you know you have a lot more control over the car. Well, um, I still don't know how to drive a stick shift. I know how to drive a motorcycle, so um, I don't do that anymore. Just, just FYI. But I understand the clutch mechanism. I just, I've never done it in a car. But I think it would, it wouldn't be that hard to figure out in a, in a, in a, in a car versus a motorcycle. Probably be easier in a car, I would think. Um. Yeah. I mean, it. it probably. I've never actually ridden motorcycle, so just there. So you know. But uh, what I do know is that it was a rust bucket. Um, I ended up putting more money than I paid for it uh, in a, in the first year that I had it, and I think I paid like seven hundred dollars for it. Oh well, no, no, you're still you're still coming out ahead, Sam. Considering the car payment yeah. that you would have had to make, I mean, yeah, I mean, when you buy right. an old car, just like I with my Lincoln upstairs, it's an '81. It's it's in, in mint condition, yet it's constantly needing something. Um, it'll nick, it'll nickel and dime me to death. It's kind of my hobby car, but. What color was it? Did you did you tell me? I I mean Yeah, it was it was like a light blue color and brown from the rust. <laughs> I was going to say light blue would show rust really well. 
Yeah. And some of it was like bleached out to where it was actually like just showing like the white undercoat. Like it was, it was pretty bad. The, the primer. But it got me around for a year and I kind of hobbled it along. I ended up selling it for, I think for 500 bucks. So got almost all my money back. But the reason I got rid of it is my main story with it. I jumped in the car one day on a, I was like on a break in between classes, went up to the store. When I got back in the car, my seat reclined more than it, did normally and then it wouldn't go back up and i'm like what is going on <laughs> and i got out of the car and i looked in and what i realized is that one of the mounting posts for the seat had broken off the body of the car because it had rusted completely through the floor oh my god and so the seat of the car was not attached anymore and i was like okay i don't want to fix this time to get rid of it <laughs> so, so, so i sold it so wait a minute somebody paid you 500 dollars for a car that was on its last legs with a seat that didn't even sit upright. they must have yeah. been even more desperate than you are than, than you were they were it was one of my um actually one of my classmates <laughs> you know this that remind kind of reminds me of uh this may be going over your head and i don't know if our listeners will, will get this depending on their age did you ever watch the brady bunch well sure where greg had that old hoopty that he bought and it it was it was a piece of crap and he tried to sell it to his friend and he turned he he started up and the windshield wiper started going when he hit the horn and (laughs) and like that the the convertible top started going up and down and he's like it's okay it's just a little turn of the screwdriver it kind of reminds me of you trying to pass a bucket of bolts onto somebody well i guess 500 bucks is that you're kind of if you if you're down that low on the on the food chain where you're looking for a car for 500 bucks you're kind of you're you're just you're just asking for trouble it's 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 not going to go well i've made it abundantly clear i was like look it needs this um you know that to fix it it wouldn't cost that much i just didn't want to do it anymore because i've done like a timing chain and all kinds of stuff on this car and uh but I told him, I was like, look, this is what it needs. You you cool? Yep, I'm cool. It's, so the, Char- it's, it. it's the Charlie Brown Christmas tree of Ford Escorts. <laughs> yeah. you know, All it and, needs and is a little love. It got driven for at least another year after that, dude. Okay, second car. I sold that car and I got from another family friend. I got a night. Actually, this one was cooler. You'll dig this. It was a 1979. Uh, Chevy Malibu. Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. Now you're Two driving dollars. a big boat. Was, now you're driving a big boat. It was a big boat, man. And the engine had been replaced. I, look, I'm not a car person. I can fix, you know, a lot of things on a car now, but like, I'm not a car person. So forgive me if this is incorrect. But what I think I remember about it is that it was a 267 originally in the engine. And, and and they had retrofitted it with a 305, so it had even more power. And it was like a V8, and it was pretty fast. It was fun. What color? <laughs> it was like this. It was like a, this. It, it was a silver color, but it almost like it had an undercoat that was almost like maroon or something. So it just kind of shone through, almost like a a copperish silver color. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that that would have been nice. We like drop it down, put some Dayton rims on it, some subs in the trunk that yeah i mean i'm I'm all on board i don't like the first choice but your second choice was pimp in dude it was cool the only thing about it was that uh the flywheel needed some work and i just didn't do it because i I told it said i wasn't a car person and every once in a while when i try to start it it would just like spin up really loud so if i was (laughs) in a parking lot 
<laughs> and I'm parked in the front. There's somebody walking in front of me. I try to start it yeah. more than once. I scared the hell out of someone walking by. They're like, oh. <laughs> well, let me, let me add some details. This is where we're going to tie into some music here for, uh, for our music fans. Um, I had giant subwoofers in the trunk, which I bought from our friend Corey, which we talked about in a previous episode. Subwoofers, like it was two 10 inch, two eight inch subwoofers in a box. I put it in the, put it in the trunk, actually took it to Circuit City, if you remember them. Oh, yeah, Circuit City. They wired up an amp that I think I also had got from Corey. And, and so when I would go down the street inside the car, it would sound like, but outside the car, it sounded like somebody shaking a, a aluminum can full, full of quarters. <laughs> <laughs> It was literally rattling the metal on the car. And like, it's, I mean, I know there's a little bit of rattle that should be normal, but this, this was more than should be. So it was totally a North, North County, St. Louis car where you. Oh, you had a base tape too, didn't you? No, I didn't know. Corey had the base tapes. What I did, I had a Christian rap CD by a guy named T-Bone. Remember (laughs) (laughs) T-Bone? Demon demon Executor. Yeah, and I would go around playing the Demon Executor song, which, uh, look it up. Guys, They're go to, actually kind of cool songs in a weird way, right? And it would be booming, and I got pulled over one one night. Actually, it was in the morning, and uh, I used to work overnights at a grocery warehouse. And then when I was like, I guess at this point I would have been 19 or 20, 21, something like that. I'm still driving that old car. I kept it well into the 2000s, by the way. So I bought it and. I had it for, I think I got rid of it 10 years after I bought it. So I'm driving, I'm driving home from work in the middle of the night. And this guy who I know, who I knew, who was a, who was a black guy, nice guy said, I'm giving him a ride home. And he said, I live in Illinois. Just drop me off at Florissant road at this gas station here. And I'll get a ride. I'll have somebody meet me there. Well, the cops saw me in my giant gold grand marquee with the subs bumping. I guess, I, yeah, I think I had them on at night. Stopping a gas station at 3 o'clock in the morning. A guy gets out. Now, I don't think anything of it, but it's a black guy, so you know how you know how the police can be sometimes, at least in North County. If you're if you're a cop in North County, that looks you're gonna you're gonna pull this guy over. So I got I I pulled out of the gas station. I think the whole country knows what it's like in North County now with the cops. Yeah, yeah, it's Ferguson. It's Ferguson. <laughs> So I, I pull out of the gas station. There's about a about a quarter mile to my street where I'm going to where I live with my parents. The cops wait till I pull off. Connolly Drive. There you go. Pull me over and they're like, What are you doing? What are you doing? And I could know I know they because they can see the gold grand marquee with the dice and the zebra seats. They think they got me dead to rights. Who'd you drop off at the gas station? And I blanked on his name. I was so panicky. I was like, uh, and his name was John. His real name was John, but I was like, uh, John. And they were like, license and registration. Uh, I was like, I'm just coming home from work. I was, I was panicking. I was having a little panic moment. Cause yeah. I, I, I painted myself with a, with a brush that said, I'm a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving around at three o'clock in the morning in a gold ass grand marquee with zebra seats, fuzzy dice and the stereo bumping. And of course, I don't even blame the cops. I don't even blame them. And no, so they just, so they checked my license and registration. Of course, they're like, okay, you can go, sir. But you know, they went back to their car and was like, that dude is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, but generally, for the most part, a steady... I got some tapes here. 
that were in that Grand Marquis. Uh, I was big into Oasis. I love, still love them. But at that time, I was playing What's the Story Morning Glory on loop in that car and then Be Here Now, which was, their, which was their second album. That's a great record. And I found, which I showed you earlier, a stack of Larry Norman cassette tapes. Because this was before CDs, kids. This was well. So let me. They were around. They, they were around, but I could I couldn't afford a CD player. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was jamming some Larry Norman and some Oasis, and occasionally T Bone, until I could afford to upgrade to a CD player, which they had to cut the dashboard. God, I wish I would have still had that car, and I wouldn't have let them cut that dashboard for one of those C- those CD players. Remember where you could pop the front off to keep people from stealing it? Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so that was my stereo, and I I spent many, many, many an hour jamming out to various CDs and tapes when I when I had a tape deck, and that was really kind of the place where I learned to sing. I got to tell you, that was where I would because I could sing in the car, and nobody could say you sound terrible. So going down the road, I learned to, I learned to project my voice singing to songs like Wonderwall, Don't Look Back in Anger, and you know, songs like that or whatever else I was listening to at the time. And that's where I really found my voice was in the car. Cause I mean, as, as a vocalist, I I don't know if you were self-conscious about your voice as I was about mine. You seemed more, you seem more confident. I don't know if you were, but that's, that's what really took me out of, not out of the moment, but what really made me feel would tense up when I would have to sing in front of people. And I've heard people say, Public speaking is the one thing that that most people fear more than death. Singing is almost scarier than that because you're being you're you're putting your soul out. You can't sing without putting your soul on display. So I was yeah. a, I, I was able to get a handle on my singing voice through many hours of singing in the Grand Marquis. So there's how I tied it all into music, wrapped it up in a nice little bow. That's actually pretty cool, dude, that, uh, you know, because, you know, it's not like you're singing, like most people, they'd say, I was singing in the shower or I went to karaoke with my friends. You know, I bet you there's a a whole like you could probably make a a Christopher Guest film about everybody learn how to sing while driving in their car. Oh, that would I would pay for that. (laughs) That would be funny. Okay. If you ever listen, there's your next idea. You're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) Two tape decks and a mixing board. Call us call us hit, hit hit me up i got my phone i got my imaginary phone up to my ear all right now now sam i want to get into some of our cruising adventures i know we had many a cruising adventure i don't ever remember you driving in your car but i do remember having you drive around a lot with me can you remember some of the places we went did you ever come skateboarding with me and i do have a story that i'm going to drop on you here when you when you're done talking about something that i remember that makes us sound like total just Bad people, bad people, involving oh, involving me well, and you in the car. Involving what? Involving me, you, and my car. That sounds like the perfect story to put on a public podcast. <laughs> oh, the statues of limitation have expired. Don't worry. We, uh, I'll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta hear this story. Um, I actually, you know, I didn't have a car at that point. Like, I would just go and hang out with friends. And, uh, you know, most of them had a car or like go and play some music or whatever. So I don't really remember um, everything that happened. You know, at some point I could tell you a spooky story when I went to a, a park over near the river. That was pretty crazy. No, place. but but as far as me and you cruising, where, when we would go driving, what would we do? 
when I was driving. My memories. We listened to a lot of music, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't think I had a CD player at that point, but we definitely would go around jamming out some Larry Norman tapes. At some point, I had a disc man, and I had one of those things that you put into the cassette player. Oh yeah, and plug it in through the headphone jack so you can play your CD player through your tape deck. And it sounded like garbage. Sounded like garbage, but it worked, and you could listen to it. And you could skip around songs. But I do remember, I do kind of remember me and you sitting up at the Grandview Schnooks in the little, the little, whatever, because it was like a, like some vending machines and a table. I think we drove up to Schnooks and we got some orange soda and some Mountain Dew and sat at the, sat, you know, by the, you know where Schnooks, I used to have the video store. Well, I worked at that video store. Was that when I was working there? Maybe, but I do remember sitting with you and, and me and you were just sitting at that little table which just set it up for you guys. It was it was a grocery store, and but in like in front of the checkouts or behind the checkouts, depending on how you want to look at it, there was vending machines and a, like a little table where you could sit and eat your lunch. I don't know. I guess if you got something from the deli, and yeah. we had nothing better to do, and we would sit up there with our soda and our snacks. I guess we get chips and soda from from Schnooks, and then sit at the table and just just ogle everybody that came through the checkout line. Not ogle, but you know we were just kind of just checking checking stuff out. Okay, I'm with you. Now I'm going to drop on you the story of of the, the, I remember this so vividly. This was this had to be 99 because I think you're going to remember it when I tell you. 99. Is this a story that takes place at Schnucks? No, this is a story. No, it was 98. We went to see the remake of Godzilla. Do you remember this story? I do remember going to see the remake of Godzilla at uh Northwest Plaza AMC. Do you remember what happened when we parked? You swung open my giant, heavy, half-ton Grand Marquis door. Okay. Slammed it into a brand new Cadillac Eldorado. I did? There was like an inch-long gash. The paint was completely removed off the side of the car. Oh, my gosh. And I was was like, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you were like, Jeremy, you got to come over here and see this. And I went and I was like, oh, my God. And you stood there and you were like, should we leave a note? And I was like, <laughs> no. So this is on me, not on you. So I got back in the car and moved it to a different parking spot. What? Yes, dude. None of this is ringing a bell. I don't remember this. No, I must have blocked it out. <laughs> it was pretty bad, and to this day, I feel bad about it because it was a nice. I think it was a, like a gold El, El Dorado. It was like at the time it was a newer Cadillac, like uh, around ninety eight. And I was like, to, to I mean, be, it sounds like something kids would do, though. I mean, we were kids. To be fair, you opened the door like you were King Kong breaking out of his his uh, prison cage, right. and just gouged it into this poor. I'm assuming he was like. Oh. I, I'm something. I'm assuming he was an old man. It was an old man car, unless it was somebody like me that had a lot of money. <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> and I remember you, you, you stood up and you said we should leave a note. And I was like, I don't have any pencil and paper. And, and if he's in the movie theater, what are we gonna do? We drove like a half hour to this theater to see Godzilla, which was a terrible movie, by the way. <laughs> it's really bad. And. I don't know what we're supposed to do at that point. So I kind of panicked. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I guess at this point, I'm like 19. I was old enough to know better, but I didn't want to sit and wait for the guy to come out and then have him be like, you did what? 
So I moved the car halfway across the parking lot, and I remember I I think you did block it out because you had this you were you were in a, a, a funk for the rest of the day. Oh really? Yeah, like you, I was yeah, worried about yeah, that? you were. So that's why I say if the police come after us, I'll 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 front I'll front for it. <laughs> you wanted to sit by that car and wait. I'm like, no, no, no. A, I'm not going to waste a whole afternoon because who knows when this guy's going to come out. B, when he does come out, I know he's going to be PO'd. So, Why did I feel like I had to stay there with the car? Like, dude, it was a nice Cadillac. It was new and it was really shiny. I remember it being really shiny, and there was like a at least an in, inch long gash where the paint. Dude, you opened, you ripped the door open. I guess you weren't used to heavy doors or something. She so just leaned your whole weight into I it, just flew it open. <laughs> <laughs> I probably kicked it up with my foot, like. So you don't remember this? No, I don't remember it, but I believe you. Yeah, that was the truth. You know, there is something about like you know ripping open doors, though. One time, I um, and that car that I had actually, that '79 Malibu, was a two door, and uh, a coupe. To get in the back seat, you had to like, yeah, it was a coupe. So, um, you had to open up big, huge door that ran like all like you know a huge length of the body of the car. Um, it was a big, heavy steel door. And you had to do that uh, to get into the back seat and flip it forward. Um, so I had just done a gig. Uh, it was in, I remember it was the winter time because it was pretty cold outside, What actually ended up being a good thing uh, when you see where this is going. Um, so I'm, I, I'm on the street and I'm going to reach into the back of my car and grab my guitar that I had sitting in, beneath, in between the seats and the back seat, right? And... On this old car, it had this little strip that ran along the top of the car uh, above where the doors closed. And it was the rain guard, right? So, like, the water would collect and then run down the side so it wouldn't drip right on you when you were getting out of the car. Yeah, my 81 Continental has the same thing. And it can, can kind of come loose. You got to make sure it's it's in the groove, right, or it can fall down. Yeah. Right. Well, the one in my car was very secure because what ended up happening is that I had a, a, a hoop earring in. That- <laughs> was not the closed loop it was the kind of had like an earring back and so when i reached into the back of my car i didn't get in the car just reached my hand in to grab the guitar what i didn't know is that my earring loop just happened to latch around the rain guard probably because i was pushing my head against the car to reach into the back and get it and when i stood up the earring did not disconnect from the car it ripped through my ear <laughs> and just ripped my whole earlobe in half. And I was like, ow. I was like, what the hell? That hurt. And then I reached up and I was like, oh, I got two earlobes. I was like, well, what do I do now? So uh, I was glad that it was cold because I just put pressure on it and it didn't hurt as bad. And we just went to the emergency room and they just took some super glue basically and glued it back together. And then I was good to go. You know what I thought you were going to say? I thought you were going to say you tried to move your head. Your head was stuck and you slammed your head in the door. That's where I was hoping this was going. <laughs> oh, that would be worse. Uh, that would be a lot. Well, you know, in all this, when I did go out the next day, like I couldn't find the earring. The earring was still hanging on the car the next day. Oh, it's disgusting. I think, so, I think, I think that's a, that's an episode capper right there. I don't think, I don't think any, we're going to top that story. Yeah, that was uh, pretty screwed up. Another fun episode, my friend. Yeah, this is always fun, man. I'm glad we're doing this. For two tape decks and a mixing board, I'm Jay Mack. And I'm Sam Wade. Saying, stay Stay cosmic. cosmic.